0: Hello everyone, and welcome to This Nintendo Life, episode 234. My name is NBZ, uh, and I'm never eating Chinese food again. I'm just sworn <laughs> off it. Uh, I'm done. Uh, it's never going to happen. Um, Bally, I got sick this week, Ugh. like, in a bad way, in a way that I was, like, laid out, lying down, like the only thing like I could even... Like
1: played, you played the whole of um oh my god why is my brain blanking now on this game um what's the first person shooter game that is really good
0: oh That's... uh i don't know there's loads of first no, person no, shooter no, games I, that no, are really what good i'm trying to say god this is going the witness fast. are you talking about the witness um,
1: i mean the puzzle game that i the played witness? this year no what, what puzzle game did you play this year puzzle first person game portal Uh, there we go god i can't remember what
0: what (laughs) was it
1: like you played the whole of portal in one sitting
0: let's yeah let's go back and rewind this joke back to the beginning Uh, oh my god um yeah no i mean uh i i did feel like that my head was pounding constantly which is usually what happens when i'm playing first person puzzle yeah that was the reference Um, i was looking for yeah exactly um but yeah i literally all i could do was lie in bed and listen to podcasts which you know what the worst things that could happen if i'm honest but um yeah it was uh it was not great i was pretty much, i'm pretty sure it's food poisoning i'm not exactly sure from what because we just ordered we had diwali and we ordered like I, just a metric ton of chinese food and it was just like it was hilarious like me and my cousin taking this giant box into the house like fucking chuckle brothers like to me to you like going back and forth were
1: you left with all the leftovers it was leftovers distributed. No, we, yeah so
0: we were left with all the leftovers so it wasn't distributed evenly it was just left here and so i basically had it the next day for lunch and dinner Oof. and um and that wasn't good <laughs> basically is what happened so i was just like i was out of it for a few days there and yeah means i didn't get to play as many video games this week as i would have liked to as we'll get to uh with with the games that we've been playing but um yeah i'm I'm doing all right though uh and uh you know new video game came out as well that i've been working on yeah. uh, on a publishing capacity
1: busy week for you with all your headaches and mm-hmm. launches and everything yeah
0: yeah, ironic that you're talking about Portal because, of course, the Entropy Center just released, which there a lot of people are comparing to Portal, of course. Uh, and uh, yeah, if you want to check that out, uh, that is available now on PC and PlayStation and Xbox, uh, not on Switch, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, you know, if you have any of those other consoles, you can go check it out. It's a first-person puzzle game. It's made by one developer. It's crazy that he did, but it's he's very talented. Some great reviews getting some very good reviews yeah uh, so so yeah go go check that out if you are so inclined uh, and we we might talk about it in our bonus bits uh, so uh, you know if you're a patron uh, you'll get a bit more conversation about that but um bally how are you doing how's how's things going over there
1: i'm doing well um i'm playing an absurd amount of overwatch 2 and um
0: i didn't I don't know
1: if I expected Overwatch 2 to kind of take over my life the way it has, but it really has, like, made me, like, every single day, I check in, I play my dailies, I play new characters, I'm trying to level up this, i to do that, I'm try- has
0: just transformed into a free-to-play way. Oh, this is what's happened. It's finally. crazy,
1: like, I, I was really into Overwatch when we played that bit on Switch, but then uh-huh. I was always waiting for, like, Overwatch 2 because I wanted to play it, like, on the higher end video game systems and to play on my series x it's just so easy to like check in play a few games it looks great i'm just having a great time and yeah i'm i'm really enjoying that overwatch 2 wave not to mention that i am playing other stuff we can talk about but yeah of course i'm in that wave and it feels very good
0: very nice yeah i uh yeah i've played like none this week again because my i've <laughs> been sick so uh but yes i i i've been enjoying it a lot as well probably not as much as you just because i you know it's it's the same game let's be honest here it's the same fucking video game like they removed a character but um it's still excellent it's still a very very good video game but yes i have already put probably three four hundred hours into that already so um not overwatch two yeah. but like total Overwatch. my hours.
1: xbox thinks i've played um let me get this right uh it said one day and 20 hours (laughs) oh my god i've played 44 hours
0: (laughs) holy shit you really have been going ham Uh, man that's crazy um awesome well uh we're gonna go ham on some other video games uh, and some other stuff but you don't tell the fine folks what we're gonna be talking about in today's show
1: we've got a two segment show for everyone today first segment we're gonna talk about the games that we have been playing and second segment we've got some
0: emails yes indeed um and we're coming up on on end of the year soon here so things are going to start heating up pretty quickly but um yeah gonna gonna have some some good stuff to talk about so bally let's jump into it with the video games what we have been putting our fingers in uh which is to say there's a brand new one uh one that is actually about a week old at this point but um finally uh after many years of waiting after very recent controversies and lots of stuff going on um, which we didn't even talk about on the podcast the whole bayonetta 3 i was
1: about to say i think bayonetta 3 in a lot of the podcasts i've listened to hasn't made many waves and that's even in despite of all the drama that's surrounded the voice acting
0: yeah, totally. I think it's also, it's just, it's kind of a busy season for it's game releases. Um, obviously, everyone's talking about God of War at the moment, right? Yeah. So that's just sucking all the conversation. Those previews just suck the life out of
1: everything else.
0: Yeah. The game's not even out yet. It's crazy. Yeah, totally. Um, so, yeah, uh, Bayonetta 3, it came out. It's a real video game. You know, can you remember? I think Reggie in the 2018 Game Awards was like his uh bayonetta one and two remastered yeah. for switch it kind and of like...
1: became a bit pikmin four-ish like it became legend and then yes. reappeared and everyone thought, wow it's looking really good when's it out next yeah. year that was kind of surprising
0: i think actually was it the 2017 it was either 2017 or 2018 game it was, or was a damn it, long time ago but it was a long time ago and so you know obviously it got announced and has you look platinum games have gone through Let's say challenging times, um there's been a lot of uh upheaval over that that studio. I believe the director of this game left partway through development um you know, like they have had you know Babylon's fall came out and was just like the most unmitigated disaster that company has ever seen, like absolutely like I'm sure Bally you have never even heard the name of that game because it was just like so complete I've of had a of failure Babylon's fall. um yeah, it well maybe yeah because it was such a it became, it became infamous, yeah, 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 totally, um, and and yeah it's it's been they've they've had good games but it felt like they were kind of on a downward trajectory um and so they've not
1: reached the highs of star Fox zero
0: no exactly yes yeah not since then have they sailed so high uh, and so gracefully (laughs) um but uh see it seems like they got their mojo back right it seems like the magic is back because obviously bayonetta 3 reviewed extremely well um i have been playing it um i have not played as much as i would like uh, as my aforementioned illness uh kind of let me uh let me down i was not able to kind of burn through it as i as I probably wanted to but i've been i've been taking my time though with bayonetta 3 and so far man i really like this game i think this is probably better than 2 so far and um and I already thought two was an excellent uh, entry in the franchise. Uh, obviously, not having played the first one, but like Bayonetta two was my first real character action game, and I've talked about it before. I kind of like played it on easy, enjoyed it for the spectacle. Um, and I'm kind of taking a slightly different approach here. So I'm, I'm one of the things that has changed, and Bali, you'll be familiar because you played Bayonetta two so recently. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure in Bayonetta two on easy, they still gave you ranking medals, so you, you would still get golds and bronze and platinums for yeah. fighting enemies, right?
1: Yeah, you, you still get the medals.
0: Yeah, so what the change they made here is if you play on easy on, in this game, they give you clear medals, so they don't rank your performance at all. So I was like, oh that kind of sucks like even on easy i wanted to have some kind of way of like tracking how well i had done in a fight right like there's something Mm -hmm. nice about it of like you know did i take it without any damage or like how well did were my combos doing and stuff like that and it also seemed like i got less currency for doing that as well for getting bonuses so instead of like giving you a rank you just get like oh clear you did it so every single medal would just be the same color and and same kind of clear thing i was like well i did that for the first chapter i was like okay i I kind of I want to bump it up. So I bumped it up to normal. Um and you know, normal is definitely like a a good level at the moment. I don't know how it will go further down the line, but they have, you know, the setup here in terms of if you die you don't have to like go back to like really far away checkpoints or anything you'll just start the fight over again and there's no penalty to your score either for dying which is really nice so i'm actually not too afraid of playing on normal now and i think it's actually kind of a nice balance um and the nice thing about it is is being able to get those medals right so you see if you get a platinum or if you get a gold or silver or whatever and, and it's a nice way to kind of track things and i think it's also good because it's made me Pay attention more. It's made me kind of learn the combat a bit better than I was previously because I know when I played the first game, it was very much like, or the second game, I should say, it was very much like spam, 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 hit buttons, just like do cool shit and not really care about it and dodge here and there. Whereas now I am trying to learn moves. I'm trying to learn a few combos that I can do and pull together while also just trying to pay attention and get which time going and all those sort of things. And it feels really good to, like, get good at this game. Getting through a fight without taking damage and, like, doing a pure platinum or just getting a platinum medal feels fantastic and it's something that i've really been enjoying so far even to the point of like i'll be like almost killing a boss and i'll be like oh it's fine i'm almost dead i'll just die because then i'm not going to get as good a score and i'm like okay but now i know this boss i know it's pattern so i can re- recognize when it's going to attack me when i can dodge it's happened a couple of times with like the last boss of a level where i've been like oh, it's fine i'm, I'm just going to die because i actually want to repeat this fight so that i can do it better um and that's really not me usually usually i'm just like oh man i don't want to you know be fighting these hard bosses but so far anyway and i'm only like five chapters into the game so far so obviously it could ramp up tremendously and i know uh, you know bali you you said that Bayonetta 2 definitely got extremely hard which i'm, I'm sure it you know, it does on normal um mm. i uh i'm not as worried about that i think like if i take my time to learn this game and get good at it then i i feel like i'm going to be in for a good yeah. time the whole way through.
1: I, th- I feel like i just wasn't enjoying it enough at that point where i was willing to put in that Time. right I'm especially when the... you're kind of late game at that point. yeah it would have been possible i just didn't feel like i was i was there
0: yeah fair for sure um and and i think the thing that really makes me want to get good at this game is just how cool all the extra stuff they've added in is so you probably have seen from the marketing they have these demons right these giant demons that you summon and so by holding down the shoulder button i think it's zl um you summon either like your giant dragon gamora or you summon um madam butterfly or there's a giant spider who i unlocked recently who you can summon and these uh these giant kind of kaiju um you can control them but you basically bayonetta is just kind of like dancing in the background so she's vulnerable so you're controlling these giant beasts but you can still get hit by enemies if you're not in the right place so you need to be careful and looking if there's someone near bayonetta otherwise you're kind of holding it down and there's a magic meter that governs it and this magic meter like slowly drains as you're using your summon and then you can build it back up again by just doing regular combos and regular attacks with bayonetta um but yeah it's it's just it adds this real spectacle to things and they just like burst out the ground and they're just like smashing and doing massive damage and stuff, and it's it's a really nice pace breaker, but also like it helps with the bosses with big HP bars because you're like, okay, I'm doing a bunch of combos here and doing some damage, and it's chip damage, but it feels like it's not going down as fast, and then you're just like, okay, I've built up my meter, here comes the big boy, I'm gonna smash through and do a bunch of damage, um, and that's been very fun. Uh, I, I do like just me being able to do it all and just doing my own combos and stuff, but it, it's a good kind of wrinkle to throw in there, and there's certainly fights where it's very obvious that they want you to use it and they kind of build the game around it so um it's definitely worth doing and it's it's not like you're punished for using these giant monsters like they're, they're very much part of the gameplay um and are kind of envisioned in that way so it's it's a lot of fun to use them um and yeah and, and you also have a lot more weapons at your disposal as well and uh Bayonet has always had like lots of weird fun weapons i haven't got to like some of the crazy ones i know people have been talking about but um there's one that's a giant like it's a huge gun massive fucking gun that's also a big it's called the g pillar look bayonet uh, is going to lean into the uh the horny stuff right <laughs> uh it's basically like a um it's like a pole a pole dancer's pole with a giant fucking thing at the end that's like a uh it's just a hammer so it's just like this pole and a hammer and but you flip it the other way around and out the pole shoots a laser blast so um yeah it's it, it's
1: this, like this description is all sorts of things in my mind uh-huh yeah no you should look so. it
0: up it's 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 just it's she holds it over her shoulder and it's absolutely fucking massive like it's giant uh, and uh, yeah that's it's a very slow moving weapon but it's a big damage and then oh my god well here's the thing that i love right you know i love movement in games i just got a weapon where it is these two fire uh, razor blades they're like giant cutters and you throw them out like whips and they like laser blade fire onto enemies but then also they're attached to her shoes and they act like roller skates so you're basically fucking roller skating on these fire things through the level to get through faster while also just like flinging out these fucking like yo-yo they're basically like chainsaw yo-yos that are on fire constantly it's fucking incredible holy shit it's so cool um they're definitely my favorite weapon so far and i'm barely into the game right i like chapter five and i know that i think the game has like 20 chapters total and let me get be clear each of these chapters takes me like an hour over an hour and part of that is because the levels feel a lot bigger right they feel like there's a lot more exploration going on um every space has like hidden areas with different verses so each each kind of fight that you go into is called a verse right and um each of those ha- you can get ranked from and you get a different medal but you can miss some so there's certainly been levels where i've got to the end and it's like oh you missed one here and one here and that just meant i wasn't exploring the level enough right um and each level also has like a bunch of collectibles so like random things you can find it's just encouraging a lot more exploration of the space which i really like personally um i do you know i enjoy the combat and i think it's really cool but for someone like me i do like exploring spaces and kind of like uh, jumping around and the movement is so fluid and fun in this game especially because when you're playing from a gameplay perspective it generally runs at 60 like it definitely drops and there's definitely performance issues and it's you know the game is not super pretty from an environmental perspective is it making you want that more
1: power more anymore or definitely up fine
0: yeah i mean similar to xenoblade 3 like i i really think that they pulled off something tremendous with the performance here and and the the kind of how good the game looks like for what they're working with they've done a bang up job it would definitely be nicer to have it on more powerful hardware no doubt about that i'm always going to say that but i think that they prioritize the right thing which is always what i will go for which is high frame rate right like just make sure your your frame rate is good um and that's what they have here so it is a smooth experience so exploring those spaces even though they're quite kind of bland in terms of their design and architecture Think they made the right decision to make those bland spaces because otherwise I wouldn't want to be running around at 30 frames per second and fighting at 30 frames per second. It just wouldn't feel right for what bayonetta is for how speedy and quick it is. Um, and it's nice because you know you have these abilities to transform. So you know you can transform into a butterfly character who moves around really quickly. Um, you know the the G pillar weapon has a giant monster who like does a huge dash jump. The spider feels so fucking good to move around. You you run around with the spider and just like the sound design on its legs it's moving. it it does like a double jump where it swings like spider-man and you can also climb up walls like it's it's really really cool and there are multiple action sequences where you are one of these kind of like uh monster creatures that you turn into um kind of traversing like flying down a river on uh, you know four buses like as you're this giant dragon or like going and swinging to buildings as this flame spider um yeah those those things are really well executed but also just for exploring the spaces as i have been doing um and each level has like hidden um Animals, so there's a cat, there's a raven, and there's a frog in each level. And the cat is always really fast and you have to chase after it. The raven flies to a predestined destination, so you almost have to look at its trajectory and kind of catch it mid flight. And the frog is always just hidden somewhere and you need to listen out for its like riveting and find it. And those three uh things, if you get all of them, unlock a bonus kind of challenge uh per level. And I haven't been playing those yet, but I've always been unlocking them because the I, I just enjoy the process of going around and exploring these spaces and finding everything. So So i have been taking like at least last night i spent one hour ten minutes in that level and it was was mainly because one of the challenges i was doing was just like a pain in the ass and i ended up quitting on it because it was too hard but it was um it was one where there's this train summon that you get you basically you can summon a giant train and you basically draw its path in the ground um you draw like a you know where it's gonna go and you can press a bunch of buttons to do more damage on the way and the challenge was you have to hit eight enemies in a row but one of these enemies is in the air and like getting it to hit in the air with the perspective and the 3d and the train kind of going up the way it was a bit of a pain that challenge was just i probably spent at least 20 minutes trying to do that one challenge and i was like this is why am i doing this, this is this is just like a frustrating challenge and not a fun challenge because a lot of the challenges that you come across i think two had this as well where you basically like you warp into like a kind of ethereal area and you're just like in a, in a room and you're fighting against a bunch of enemies with like you know hey you have to you have to use the summon for this fight and you have to do a certain thing it's basically specific um, combat challenges basically um so i've I've been doing those as well and uh yeah just just finding all of those in the level that i can finding all the collectibles that i can um yeah i just i like the way that it has platforming stuff as well there's um segments where you suddenly transform into young bayonetta Ceza uh, and she has to run towards this thing and push it over and then you basically rewind time and you create like these kind of platforming challenges for yourself timed platforming challenges where you have to get to this specific area um, by kind of rewinding time to a specific point and then using those kind of half-broken platforms to jump in and uh, and, and get to places uh, and those have been uh, really cool as well as well as like r- other platforms challenges where you're just collecting treasure chests by jumping and, and, and finding things like that it feels like movement and exploration is emphasized here just as much mm. as combat is which i find really interesting because i think it's added an extra layer to bayonetta that i didn't know that i wanted but actually now that it's here i'm really enjoying it i think it's a it's just it's expanded the kind of game space um of what this series does which is really cool i know
1: that um i think on giant bomb they mentioned there were like 2d sections or something yes exactly like, yeah i
0: was gonna say things i've heard
1: some people say there's a lot more downtime between combat and Mm -hmm. some people haven't liked that
0: yeah and i totally get that if you're like a hardcore platinum fan and you're just here for combos all day and you're just like i need to fight things um yeah maybe you will be a bit disappointed by Banner 3 because like i said
1: i wasn't a big i know Banner 2 barely had any downtime but even the small amounts i was like uh, i don't know i just didn't i didn't like the way the platforming felt like it just interesting floaty
0: I think you just have so many more tools here with like the uh the summon abilities and the the transform abilities that you know it just feels really good to move around and you feel really fast and fluid and yeah it just it just has a pace to it so for me i did i i have really enjoyed just looking around the corners and into the crevices and just finding all the kind of secret hidden things even though like i don't care about any of these collectibles i'm just kind of doing it for the fun of like collecting them if you know what i mean um it has that almost you know not to compare it to mario odyssey because that's like a very high bar but like <laughs> it, 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 it has like a 3d platforming vibe to it in some senses which i really like personally so um yeah i it, as you were saying there are 2d sections and i've only played one of those so far so when you play as Jean, so Jean is the other the platinum which i think she's called and she's you know in, in all the games um she has these 2d almost mark of the ninja stealth sections um it's it's legit like a side-scrolling stealth game it turns into where you're like hiding in doors and then you're using um stealth abilities to kind of sneak up on people and kill them Um, and if someone catches you it's like in metal gear where a question mark goes over their head and they start attacking you and the combat in those sections i will say is not very good like it's it's clearly not polished for that kind of part of the game but that part of the game is, is definitely focused around you should probably just stay hidden um so yeah it's it's fully 2d you have like a 2d kind of uh, uh kind of office building you're going into there's elevators that take you up and down there's um you know switches you need to hit and it's basically stealthing your way through this place to like unlock doors and open passages and press buttons and there is some combat in there and i think there's uh, one that i saw in jam bomb click look was the boss fight as well that you do while well in that section but um there's another character as well who i haven't even played as yet called viola um and she was shown a lot in the marketing and she has like a katana she's almost like the it's like the nero of this game i guess if you're doing a devil may cry comparison like the nero to bayonet as dante um and she yeah she has this one blade uh and so like less weapons uh because she doesn't have the ability to change that weapon but like she apparently instead of dodging for which time she has to parry for which time instead which is an interesting change i've heard some people be a little bit mixed on that idea um but uh but yeah i'm looking forward to playing as her as well and from what i've heard from people talking about this game it's just off the rails, right? And that's what I want. I want it to be absolutely bananas. The end of... I played through chapter three of this game, right? And I'm sitting there and I'm watching this. and I'm like, this could be the end Of a trilogy of this could be the grand finale of a trilogy of games, right? This is how fucking spectacular it is, and how off the rails and ridiculous it is. And yet, this is the third chapter in a game that has like seventeen more. It's it's wild. They absolutely push the limits when it comes to Bayonetta, and I just find myself grinning the whole time. I just absolutely love the off the wall spectacle, the way that it just makes no sense whatsoever. Again, the plot it's something to do with multiverses. Like, there's there's different bayonet as you come along like um the the bayonetta who you get the the uh, what did i call them the um, the yo-yo chainsaw things from um she you play as her for a bit before you get the weapon um and yeah it seems like as you go through these different universes uh you meet different versions of bayonetta different alternate universe takes on her um and each of them will probably give her like a different weapon or a different skill and stuff and you kind of accrue those as you go on throughout the game but like there's a whole section where you're playing as her and like doing this crumbling building stuff with the spider and then there's a massive fight in the sky and like it's just it's absolutely bananas uh and you just you just wonder like how do they go up from here how do they top themselves and then they just continue to do it somehow um and i yeah i i I just love it i think it's so fantastic uh and yeah i've been having a really really good time with it so far and yeah i do i do like this approach that i'm taking with it is like i'm kind of taking my time with it because we don't get games like this that often right games that are so like absolutely meticulous when it comes to this kind of feel of combat and and the way that it's presented and the honestly the surprise and spectacle of it all right like having each level be so different and varied and you just click something and uh, yeah i haven't watched the full uh, giant bomb quick look yet but i was starting to watch it and dan was like this is one of those games where you just press next level and you have no fucking idea what's coming right it could be you know a completely different character you've never heard of that you're suddenly playing as and you're you're suddenly doing a schmop instead of playing like an action game uh, all of a sudden like it's a to- changes genre like three times within this fight there was a fucking kaiju battle where i was playing as the dragon like a fighting game and you had to choose your inputs as your your the other giant thing was fighting you and like it, it was totally different like it, the game like changes genres multiple times like it's man it is an absolute spectacle and a and, uh, thing to behold and uh, i think it's absolutely fucking fantastic so um yeah not that far into it so far but i'm sure by next time i will have finished bayonetta 3 and have some concluding thoughts on it i know some people were not very uh, hot on kind of what happens narratively in the back half of this game but also i don't even know what's going on narratively and i don't i have heard the
1: either. sentiment amongst a lot of podcasts I listen to where they are they do agree with you they just do not care about the story yeah and that's very interesting that a game can be as big as it is and have such a, have a story that so few people seem to care about
0: yeah well i don't think it is that weird honestly like i think video games fundamentally right are and i know you know they tell amazing stories and they really do and and there are some games like god of war seemingly is going to be one of those right that really is going to hit hard from a narrative level and a writing level and that's awesome i think it's great that video games didn't do that but fundamentally you know i don't think you need to have a good story to be a good video game like nintendo proves that time and time again all the time. Um and even if you do I think it's I think Bayonette is a great example of having a god awful, terrible story that doesn't make sense at all is it doesn't give you negative points when it comes to reviews with with games right which is really fascinating from like a uh, art media perspective because i think every other medium right like it narrative like has to hold up so much uh, and it's kind of mm. the only thing that's holding it up um uh, whereas games obviously they have that interactive element that makes them kind of stand apart so you know it's not like mario odyssey had an award-winning story but that didn't stop it from getting 10 out of 10s from every outlet no exactly um, yeah. it's uh yeah totally and I, I do think it's interesting when it intersects with this whole voice actor controversy because like yeah i do like bayonetta's voice and i do like like the the kind of campy vibes of it
1: but at at a certain level somebody in platinum is like but actually, the story doesn't matter that yeah. much. Therefore, we don't need right. to pay our voice actors that much. Kind of, thing, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? So, I, th- I
0: think that's the thing with games generally, isn't it? And I think Nintendo are probably quite bad for this overall because they have games that don't focus on story that much, right? Um, which is probably why uh, they underpay Look people. Look at how
1: Charles Martinet has been treated. <laughs> uh-huh,
0: exactly. Yeah, where is that man <laughs> yeah. in the Mario movie? Come on. Uh, I'm, yeah, It is it is definitely a an issue. Um, but yeah, I think the fact that Bayonetta 3 uh i couldn't care less about the story um but i do i don't know i do like it's weird i like the characters in the way that they're just weird campy over the top like caricatures almost so the
1: second you try and work out their motives and what yeah. they're actually doing it oh kinda, no it yeah. becomes much harder to
0: totally yeah it's to it's, it's more it's more about just like style and pizzazz right like it's it's, yeah. it's nothing else going on there and um and that's fine and i do and it's you know there, look here's the thing there will always be people who care about the story of games like this and I know they're out there and I know yes. I'm, I'm sure some of them are listening to this and being like well no actually if you uh, play Bayonetta 1 and 2 and you'll see clearly the narrative here and, there, and like sure yeah totally there's always going to be people who like that and you know from what I've heard there are certainly people I think um, a few reviewers were very disappointed with the ending of this game narratively um, and I just I don't think that's going to affect me at all because I just don't care <laughs> but I totally understand the people who do um, and that's, that's totally cool but um, yeah I think Bayonetta 3 so far a resounding success and it feels like platinum's back question mark maybe this is just a blip maybe this is like the one series where because nintendo are publishing it nintendo give them the bandwidth that you know obviously they've given them like six years to make this game right like they've had a long time to really take their time and make sure it comes out of the oven good uh, and look it came out of the oven good it's tasty man it's real tasty
1: so. you don't roll sega plays because i know they were so sega
0: like... technically owned the ip i believe oh, and they okay, license right. it out, or they at least let nintendo use it the deal Nintendo. Nintendo struck with sega is probably quite interesting because sega they they had the rights the ip for the original game and then sega didn't want to do anything with it and nintendo came along and were like hey we want to do something with it will you let us so technically i think sega still owns the ip but nintendo are the ones publishing it and making it happen essentially putting the money into it so yeah um Sega just kind of get to put their name on it, even though they did nothing uh, on the game. <laughs> essentially, it's one of those, it's one of those like Konami situations where like Konami with this new Silent Hill stuff are like, hmm, yes, uh, go make Silent Hill games. Anyway, we'll just put our name on it, um, pay us for the use of this license. Essentially, um, feels like that in a way. So, yeah, uh, if you were on the fence about Bayonetta three uh, and and you were wondering, you know, can Platinum come back with their mojo? they certainly can they certainly can they have and uh, i'm i'm really looking forward to playing more of it it's, it's one of those games where i feel like it's it's you know doing a chapter a night is really good because you kind of savor it you kind of like get a new injection of just like adrenaline and dopamine um and then you know next day you get another one and it's it's really cool so um, i might play a bit more of this this weekend and just kind of dig more time into it but so far so good very much enjoying it um bally you have been putting in t- time to a game that i have been taken away from because of bayonetta 3 and i have not made any progress yeah. in mario plus rabbit
1: still working out what you're going to do ahead of god of war with all these games you're playing and coming out and because it's you know,
0: look bally i took off three weeks uh sorry two weeks in december i've got the whole of december to play video oh, games so i'm yeah, good that's a good catch-up you know. period yeah, yeah exactly
1: um so yeah, I've been playing more Sparks of Hope, um, and I'm on track, I think, to beat this game before God of the War comes out. That's the aim. Um, yeah. I'm up to World 5, which I'm pretty sure is like the last world before the, the big finale, mm-hmm. and I'm really enjoying it still. I think that I am maybe a little less convinced on maybe pacing the wrong word. What am I trying to say? I think, for example... I thought every world was going to have, like, a mid-boss and a final boss and a new character. Yeah. And that's not the case. Um, There's some... I feel like there are some worlds where the midpoint checkpoint, as it were, feels like quite a a plain level. And then there's, like, another world where, yeah, you just don't get a new character. And as cool as each of these worlds are and... You know, I think the level design is really cool and just exploring and, you know, like they've really put a shift in to make it look good and run well on Switch. And I love that. It's like a real sign of polish. I think that when broken down to the actual mechanics of the actual stages of the battle stages... I'm not sure it steps up in a way that I was hoping. Like, I I reached a real difficulty spike middle of, say, World 3, I want to say, and I thought, right, here we go. Now the game's, like, you know, going to the next level. And I don't think it really has. Like, Mm. I think there was a cool level in World 4, but again, that was, like, one cool level out of, I don't know, 5, 6, 7, 8, 10 levels per world, roughly. So, like, I'm getting a little bit um frustrated with the lack of in- creativity and inventiveness with some of these strategic levels where i thought the start of the game it was ramping up nicely and i thought right cool now we're going to get these new enemy ve- uh, enemy types and it's going to get harder and uh, but i'll I'll, I'll, rec- I'll get new characters that can counter these new difficulties and so on and i don't think the tra- trajectory of like that progression is quite there like i think there's an awful lot of um reskinned enemies that do they're like the same enemy but just a slightly different elemental type and, okay yeah you know there's not a ton of new enemies that i'm getting um or they're the same character models for a new enemy but then they do something slightly different that's separate to elemental and you know it it is still really good but and it's i think it looks like i said i think that the biggest difference bef- between this and this and the first game are feeling a lot more, like, visual and world-building at this stage mm. than they are necessarily mechanical. And I think that's okay. a little bit of a disappointment. So, like, yeah, I still shame. love this game, um, but it's not quite as maybe top-tier as I was feeling uh, certainly in the opening five, six hours I think I was at last time. And yeah. that's a bit of a shame. I still think it's a huge step up, but there's just something like i want to be challenged in a fair interesting way and while there's some challenge sometimes and there's some interesting stuff at other times it's not like consistent level on level and i'm i'm more or less mainlining a lot of these levels in the hope that like the mainline levels are more interesting than some of the side level because some of the side levels are interesting and others are like very procedural whereas I'm starting to feel like some of the main levels are feeling ever so slightly procedural, and that's okay. That's not good in my opinion.
0: Yeah, have they kind of maintained their brevity? Because I think that's the thing that I do like about this game—is how quick and short and easy it is to get through fights, essentially, compared to the first one where they were really long. Yeah,
1: um interesting point. So I think all the mainline levels I've faced so far, maybe barring the boss fight in the final boss in the second world, I don't know if you've got there yet, MBZ. No, not quite. Yeah, that's no. probably the longest fight I've had yet, honestly. Wow. Um, they maintain their brevity which is good because there was one side mission i did in the third world whereas it was like a it's almost like a fetch quest you kind of go around the world linking this character that character there's like a little story they do and i regret doing that side quest honestly like it didn't have the payoff and that's partly because the final like strategic battle you do at the end of it is unbelievably long and sloggy and it was very easy it was just very very long and not the best and i wasn't impressed at all really and yeah i i'm interested and i'm in, in like the, the crunch part of the game i'm interested um there's actually something going on plot wise that happened at like i think i think the end of the third rod. Where i was like "Whoa, oh okay is that what's happening kind of thing and i was quite intrigued by the story weirdly enough um but yeah mechanically i'm it's not ramping up in a way where i'm convinced i actually to be fair i did do a level that was a bit different and interesting but there's just not been enough of those levels where i was hoping that the majority of mainline levels were going to throw in new interesting mechanics at each stage and Mm. sure there's a new enemy here and there but just not quite the density you want and for like a 24 hour game which is probably what this game is going to take me i think i'm about 18 19 hours in maybe i'll beat it a bit quicker than 24 but it's i just wanted a little more a little more juiciness and maybe that i think this this game could turn me a lot on the finale Um, yeah but this game has gone from like definitely like high in my top 10 to it will probably make my top 10 but not okay. guaranteed i don't know
0: that's a shame yeah i mean i was looking forward to kind of getting further into it and hoping because you did mention like oh it gets more difficult in world 3 so it sounds like oh yeah it's going to kind of ramp up have you been tempted to put the difficulty up in the menu to kind of like maybe add a bit more friction <laughs> I there mean,
1: not really because it's not it, it, it's just it would just mean bulkier tougher enemies and not mm. actually anything strategic if that right. makes sense yeah. and yeah, totally. um you know i rag on codename steam a lot you know but i Mm -hmm. think when it comes to like evolving on a style of game mechanically and getting progressively more difficult and providing new enemy types and new battle types i think that game's got a very strong progression actually honestly
0: like it's it's tactical like the amount of thinking you have to do in that game and the way the level design complements that honestly like it's so good. Like no one talks about that game, but it's it's so fucking good when it comes to like the every level feels like the objective and the way it's designed and the way that you have to get through it is so well thought out and like gives you a lot of wiggle room for like personal ideas of how you want to approach it but also like just challenge, you know. And um that is the thing that I feel is lacking the most from this game is i maybe it's just because i play too many tactics games but i just don't i basically sleepwalk my way through this game i don't need to think very much you know i very much just like oh oh okay kill them all done didn't really take any damage no worries you know it's it almost feels like they kind of ramped down on the difficulty maybe because of some criticism from the first game and i think for me weirdly i like hard tactics games right i I just kind of like it i thought the difficulty in the
1: first game was perfect to be honest and i think it ramped up nicely I yes. also want to say the first game had more bosses than this game, and okay. that's not good. You know, like that. Yeah. I I thought there were more interesting enemies and bosses and little like quirky. the opera boss and stuff. So oh, good, like opera, from character. Like, I've not had an opera
0: boss moment,
1: and I'm yeah. like nearing the end of the game. Like I'm really shocked. You know, like yeah. I. It's just, I don't know. I really don't yeah. know. It's very strange where they've improved in some areas and others have gone a little bit backwards it feels like like okay now strategically there is a cool thing i did where i basically got one character to suck in all the enemies so like mm. you do a big ring and then they all get drawn right next to you then i got right. rabid mario to boost his attack and beat the living crap out of uh-huh. all these enemies yeah. and then these were like incredibly bulky enemies so they didn't quite die yeah. and Then at the end of the turn i used another character who I won't reveal, but I'll just say that their ability basically freezes enemies in place. Um, and then I froze the enemies in place so that on their turn, it passed seamlessly. Okay. And then I rinsed and repeat with uh, Rabid Mario and just like killed, out all, killed all these enemies nice. in like a single go. So like there's cool stuff like that that does feel more uh, intricate than the first game. And that's partly because of the new characters, the new sparks. The, like, that stuff is really cool. And you can have some really creative... Like the new characters I have got are great. They are great. I just, I thought there was going to be one per world. And the fact there's not been one yeah. per world has made me like, what, what is going on? And that's a real shame because I think it's just the first three worlds.
0: I guess the question there in that particular situation is do you feel like you had to do that to get around that situation or do you think you were just like oh this is creative and fun I'll do it because I think for me those creative solutions are awesome but they're only so awesome as you're kind of like almost pushed to use them for lack of any other
1: no I could totally agree I don't think I was forced to do it this was just like a side thing where I could just just drag all the enemies together and and do it and yeah i think they've been creative in some of their enemy designs but the way they link up those enemies in a strategic way and the layout of the maps just isn't there and so i don't know it just i do feel like i've had a really i've not played a ton of like kind of third person tactics style games code name steam what's another one i might have played i can't even think but um, yeah
0: you haven't played valkyria chronicles yet so i've not
1: no um but I'm very interested to you actually mm. because, like, yeah, I there's just some. I really liked the challenge of the first game earlier this year, and I did play it earlier this year, so I've got a good reference point. for yeah, totally. what that was all about, and as vanilla as some of those characters felt, and they've really emph- they've really upped the kind of abilities with the characters and the sparks and the skill trees are much better and more impressive and easier to understand in this game. Mm i just there's just that little like if this game just nailed the secret source on some of its level design and could have that level of difficulty i think i said after that difficulty spike in the third world i was like yeah you know, mbz like it, it was like that code name steam feeling of just scraping your yes. butt through at the end mm-hmm. of, the, of the level and i've really not had that enough on enough levels here and mm-hmm. that's that's a shame um and yeah lack of bosses lack of squeaky bum time moments lack uh-huh. of enemy variety uh shame i'm not getting more new characters and yeah one thing i will say that i really enjoyed last night was there was a very difficult overworld uh puzzle that oh, took nice. me a long time and was difficult but i enjoyed it and that was in the fifth world and that was cool.
0: Yeah, has has that stuff got more interesting because I do like exploring around the space and doing those little kind of uh you know environmental puzzle stuff.
1: It, that stuff is a big improvement on the first game okay, and it great. gets it gets better and better um in terms of like design. I think the style of the Fifth World isn't that ex- interesting. I think the, mm-hmm. the my favorite world so far is the third third world uh, mm-hmm. for sure. Um and I think all that stuff is improved on the first game, but you know, there's I was really convinced after six, seven hours of this game that they were hitting out of the park. They'd improved on everything. And yeah, just, I don't know, past seven, eight, nine, ten hours, you realize it's, I don't know, this is something lacking. And I sound incredibly yeah. negative on this yeah. game, but I'm still having a really good time and I'm looking yeah. forward to the end. And I, if this game ends on something that is that opera boss level uh, in terms of creativity and challenge and... Hype, you know, like I think I could be quite turned on this game, but I will say, Worlds, end of three until five, felt a bit, a little bit by through by the motions, you know, just like, yeah, I don't know, we'll see.
0: Yeah, totally. I I wonder if it's a case of like they've they've made you way more powerful with sparks and abilities and all that stuff, but they've also seemingly just made the tactics more approachable, so they've kind of like upped one bar and diminish another bar where yeah. maybe they should have just done one of those things right and maybe
1: they felt under pressure because it's a very family orientated oh, style totally. they've gone for the marion yeah. rabbits the humor and i don't think the first game was if i was like 10 11 12 years old i think the first game would be even harder you know mm. and so maybe they had a lot of pushback from that demographic say this is too yeah. hard it needs to be easier and i've certainly
0: heard that criticism like when the first game came out i don't even remember patrick Leppig saying like you get to like world four and it suddenly like oh starts kicking you in the teeth uh, yeah and i was like yeah hell yeah that's yeah, great it was good um, It was but, good. Um, but yeah it's true yeah
1: i i and really interesting because i remember that yeah i think it was like the ghostly world in the four in the first mm-hmm. game and it was like these ghost enemies are tough but like these maps are suddenly designed a lot more square and the amount of cover you get ch- changes and it felt tactically like a, a lot more challenging and mm-hmm. um i'm really not feeling that in the same way and that's a shame
0: yeah yeah that makes sense I, look, i'm I'm looking forward to getting back to it regardless because i do just enjoy it at a base level from a tactics perspective I, I just like all the the freedom of movement stuff i think that's the the best stuff they've implemented is just like oh yeah
1: all that stuff is still good i yeah. and my, my biggest criticism is like this could have been a game. This could have been game of the year, it mm. could, it, and I was confident it was on that trajectory to at least be in that conversation. And I think yeah. that's my biggest criticism is I'm sounding incredibly dull on it right now. But it, like, it's probably still going to be my top ten. I'm sure. still having a great time with it. It's just it's not quite.
0: It was promising heights that it hasn't reached. I exactly. Guess. Yeah. exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And that's not to say it's a bad game. This is a great game. It's just not. Um... It's not a top, 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 top tier game. Um and I'm interested to see what you think. If you agree with my sentiment. But yeah, totally. maybe I've lowered your expectations for the rest of the game so you'll you'll have a better time.
0: Maybe, yeah. Maybe I'll go into it being like, Oh man, Bali was so negative and it's great actually. Um yeah, but I think this is good for like for folks listening out there who are maybe not like as hardcore like want hardcore tactics as we do you know i think it, it's, it's a good sign for them in that case right it's just a lot more yes, approachable definitely. Uh, and it means that you know if you're interested in the series but were scared away by like oh i'm not very good at tactics games this one you know not only with difficulty modes but also just generally from a gameplay perspective seems like it's in a space that it's so much more approachable um and you can just kind of like take it at your leisure and, and not have to be too stressed out by it i guess is probably the point here right yeah
1: yeah um, and i've just literally just started a level with a sort of pseudo boss that i'm hoping is tactically challenging
0: because it's okay
1: it's feeling that way we'll see
0: we'll awesome. see all righty well uh yeah hopefully you can uh finish that up next oh, time
1: and one more thing there's yeah. a level that uh feels like uh uncharted in a way and that was cool Oh, i like okay that. all right i'll say okay. that
0: interesting very interesting nice tease um Lovely. Um, So the last thing uh, that I just want to mention here is I finally finished uh, the sequel to AI The Somnium Files, which is AI The Somnium Files Nirvana Initiative, Uh, or as Bally put it in our show notes, anime BS, as he usually does (laughs) uh, for any game that he sees that he doesn't understand. Um, So uh, I played the first, uh, this is kind of similar to Mario plus Rabbit situation in a way, Um, I played the first game earlier this year through Game Pass um, and fell in love with it. Absolutely adored that game. I think it's such a clever fun like visually bright and interesting uh visual novel that has uh obviously i'm all into anime murder anything ace attorney dang and romper uh, and ai of the somnium files you know is is in that vein right it's it's from katara ichikoshi who did the kind of the zero escape series so those are games like 999 uh, um virtue's last reward as um vlr i think no virtue's last rewards vlr zero time dilemma is the third one um and yeah i heard james jones talk about 999 like 15 years ago on rfn or whatever so it's 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 been uh, ushikoshi is someone who i've had in my brain for a while who i never really had played his games before but finally played the first air of the files earlier this year and you can go back and listen to me talk about it i fucking love that game i think it's absolutely fantastic um again you know it has the caveats of like weird anime horniness sucks but you know what, what are you gonna do uh and, and this this game kind of has that as well but i think it's um it's approached from a slightly different perspective you, you play as different characters this time and the case is so basically by you uh there's this murder that's happened and half of someone's body has been left on a football pitch Uh, and it's perfectly cut in half uh, at an atomic level perfectly sliced in half what and there's no like trace of anyone being on this field Uh, like
1: are we talking down the middle or Darth Maul
0: like down the middle down the middle down the middle and these okay so the first half of his body is found on a quiz show uh six years before and the second half of his body is found on a football field six years later but six years later the time of death seems like it's only just happened the day before so it's like what the fuck has happened here it's like one of those like big mysteries where it's like this makes no sense whatsoever um and that's the thing i love about ushikoshi's games is they they have these setups that are like what how like this doesn't make any sense at all um but throughout the, the game and playing through it things are revealed there are big twists and crazy stuff happens and eventually it all lines up and just makes sense in the end right they, they kind of like bring it to a really satisfying conclusion in terms of the mystery and what's gone on so you play in these two different timelines you play as uh, Ryuki in the past six years ago trying to figure out what happened to the first half body um, and then you play as Mizuki uh six years to the future of that trying to figure out what happened in her timeline where the other half of the body is found um and you you kind of like play through all of ryuki's timeline and then you play through all of mizuki's timeline um and it's it's a slow burn i would say this one took me longer like the first game i played through in about a week like i put 30 hours in a week in that first game because i was so like into it and i think the murder mystery in that one was just so compelling and the characters and everything just really had me on the hook um and the way this works is like he 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 basically creates these timelines that you can jump back and forth between and so sometimes you'll get to a point in the timeline that gets locked off and you'll have to go back to a previous uh point in in the timeline um to do a somnium and somniums are basically like they're kind of like escape room puzzle areas that are timed and you have six minutes to do them and you're kind of like walking around we, we love escape rooms yeah totally i do so it, so it's you're kind of like walking around these spaces figuring out like how to get pieces of information to move it forward and there's usually uh, points where you have to make a choice so you either choose one thing or the other thing and that's where the timeline splits so depending on choices you make at certain points in the timeline it will split and take you down a different route and different things will happen and it will reveal different information that you can then take forward into other timelines and kind of use and it's very easy to get back to these points in time because you can just hold down a trigger on the controller and it will just speed through stuff you've already done so if you're just starting again at the start of one of these things to do the other choice it's really quick to just hold down the button and it just skip through all the dialogue super super fast um so it, it makes it very easy to kind of get through um and yeah I, I will say that this one is a it's a slower burn in terms of like the rollout of the mystery and what happens and I think for me, that was harder for me to get engaged with, so it took me longer to play it. It was nice though, because this is the first game that I've been able to do play it on p c but then also on Steam deck The That's game is nice. on switch as well, and you can play it on switch and the, the switch it, version is great was the but,
1: um, was the conclusion to this bizarre split down the middle body thing satisfying, or are you just here for the journey with these sorts of games because yes. I certainly loved the reveals in ace attorney when yeah, I totally.
0: Uh yeah I mean the twists are the things that make these games in a lot of right. ways, but I do love the journey as well like I love all the character interactions and like the dumb humor like it it has lots of fun moments that you that one of the things that I love about this series that's like an ongoing joke almost is uh when you are exploring it's like a point and click adventure almost where you're kind of you're clicking on things around the space so you can move your head there's a camera you're in like a first person perspective and you're like kind of looking around the room and you can click on like a poster on the wall or a table or a chair and every time like you go back to certain areas because you revisit these places a lot talking to people and like figuring out information detective style um they will just make repeated jokes about certain things again and again and again and i just i just like it a lot there's this one character in the series uh his name is kagami but you basically there's a prompt every time you talk to him to be like what's your name What's your, I forgot your name. What's your name? And they just have this running joke every time you run into him, and you can just keep pressing it. You can just keep like going on with this ridiculous facade of like pretending you don't know his name and just calling him different things. And it's so funny. Like I love that it has those kind of in jokes, and that's kind of the thing that that carries me through those games. But yeah, I will say that the twist is is usually the big thing, and the twist in this one is great. It's like it's something you wouldn't think of, but then in context, you're like, oh, now all of that makes sense. Like it, it's such a it, it's not a traditional twist i'll say it's definitely very there's a meta layer to it that i think okay. is very interesting um and i think yeah it it really does pull it off well overall from a character and just like overall story perspective I, th- I think the twist serves the player more than it does the characters which is a hard thing to explain i think, but, I think you've convinced me
1: that i know i make fun of this genre but yes. i can't deny how much fun i had with ace attorney and i yeah, really um, need to get to the next ace attorney but i am like keen on this genre because i think it's it's very like building up the familiarity with those characters and the interactions but combining that with like good satisfying reveals like yes. as a, a type of video game i need to play
0: more of yeah bally for someone who likes like conclusive like things coming together and <laughs> these, these Love games them. are all about that man yeah. like um i would i would personally say dang and romper is where i would go next yeah after that's playing. a game pass i should get yeah, to that yeah yeah after playing chat. ace attorney i think that's definitely good
1: Um oh, coming but. to the end of the year you know you got you got a big game trade pick to make in january uh, so that is true that it's is an true. open it's an open goal for you. it there. could
0: be it could be, certainly. But, um, yeah i do again because this is a, a big thing in these games is anime game look there's there's horniness all over the fucking shop in this, all right like it is just horny out the wazoo to the point are, where
1: you're like oh, oh more horniness or no hmm, it's nice, more,
0: more there's, there's kind of there is kind of a cuteness to it like the so ryuki so the the first game uh your main character is date and date is just like a fucking horn bag of a man uh, <laughs> uh, and uh he has interaction with iber iber is like your ai companion and um you know i i felt like it was less tasteful in this game your ai companion is the dog. she's called tama um she has massive boobs of course because that's how you design anime women um and um and she's the one making all the horny jokes all the time uh, in this game uh, with ryuki who's her kind of like teenage um companion she's basically these ais that they're, they're literally eyeballs so the characters in this game have their left eyes removed and they put these fake uh it's like kind of cyberpunk future where they're like uh, cybernetic eyes basically that live inside them but they're also AI's who talk to the characters essentially. Um and so yeah, she's she's just making sex jokes everywhere, constantly non-stop. She's like, "Oh, a cucumber," you know? Like, you know, shit, like dumb stuff like that a lot, right? Um which is it can be I don't very know how
1: you even describe that level of sex joke. I know,
0: like it's just oh, very it's extremely juvenile, but like kind of in an endearing way, you know? Um so I don't think it's that terrible uh, in all honesty, but just to for people to be aware that it's it's everywhere in the series. Um and uh and yeah i i i will say overall i prefer the first game from a just narrative storytelling structure standpoint um and i think this one again i think the the twist serves to surprise the player more so than it does have any effect on the characters themselves Um, but there is like some really cool stuff that does happen and um yeah i enjoyed it a lot again it took me about 30 hours probably these games are always quite long um, but it's a good journey to go on and and i really like it and and i hope they get to make a third one you know i don't think these games sell tremendously well but they they sell well enough i guess to to get a series to the uh, sequel to the first game Um, and yeah i'm i'm always in for for games like this that deal in the deal in murder mystery i just really like murder mystery man something about it visual novels plus murder mystery is a great combo and with ace attorney danganronpa with this series like all of it comes together really nicely you know any combination of like hunger game style like people dying off or like there's some sick kind of thing about humanity that we love watching i, this
1: I don't think in video games it's really a a, a type of game that's there's been a ton of outside of Japanese games, yes exactly and like so i I'm thinking what's that rock star detective game, oh
0: elena Noire. Yeah. Noir.
1: that's like one vague example I can think of, and right. I don't even think that game's unanimously liked either, you know, yeah, like, I think there's definitely room for that kind of mystery to be a lot bigger uh, there's obviously tons of like smaller indie games and um, mm-hmm. that will be out there but of um, course
0: there's like paradise killer that came out i think a couple of years ago that is doing that similar thing but much more influenced by the japanese style even though it's a western indie game right um, right and, like i doing similar things but yeah um, there's yeah go
1: ahead i was gonna say yeah ace attorney like is cartoony and anime and uh, you might think it's more child focused it's like it's not at all it's like they're no. still dark they still anime puddles of blood and things Uh in that game and it really gives it like a gritty earthiness that's really exciting
0: yeah totally and like that game you know has a lot of legal language in it but also like the the twists are the kind of thing that as a kid you might not really be able to follow and like some of the investigation stuff and like the drawing evidence and conclusions yeah you have to be pretty uh you know you have to be able to understand that stuff which is can be tricky i think um for younger people but um yeah i i really really enjoyed this game a lot uh, again probably d- doesn't hit the heights of the first one for me but um really fun and again it's a fun one on discord to just like dump my thoughts out there because we have a bunch of people yeah
1: you've really been going ham with some <laughs> some listeners uh uh-huh. yeah, yeah yeah going yeah. back and forth is there yeah. going to be a third game do you think
0: i hope there is yeah and it feels like you know he's done trilogies before so i think there's definitely the the space to do a third game here i don't know what they would do or what they'd focus on um but i think that um you know some of the um so the somniums that i talked about they're really creative in terms of what you do like one of them is like a cooking competition um like a food wars style uh cooking competition that's very fun one of them is literally and they really do this they take stuff from the real world that is very like time sensitive and they're like whatever we're just gonna fucking do this like they they refer to an in-game social media app as literally Witter. They just call it toe witter <laughs> i'm like oh, okay i guess so um but there's oh, right, a right. one of the somniums in this game is just pokemon go and you run around to stops and collect you collect characters from the game as your pokemon and then you fight with them against uh you know enemies in uh, like pokemon style like red blue and green um to uh to get through the somnium it's like it's so off the wall and i'm like okay like this is super creative uh, and different but it's like this is going to age like in 50 years when someone plays this game they're going to I have no context for this at all but they're just like fuck it we're just gonna put in like popular cultural references like right now um which generally i'm kind of against but i guess because i'm playing it within the time it's released i'm like yeah i know pokemon go that's fun <laughs> so they just they literally just have that as a as a part of this game which i think is very cool so anyway cool. um yeah ai the somnium files nirvana initiative uh also i recommend you play the first one first uh it does have an interesting mode at the beginning where it's like have you played the first game if you haven't we will will basically remove certain elements from the story so we don't spoil the first game for you so you can actually play it which is really interesting you, you can play this one first and you can choose the mode that's like don't spoil anything from the first game so you can go and play the first game without uh, having anything um kind of revealed for it's you. on switch uh, it is on switch yeah, yeah yeah and a lot of people in our discord played it on switch of course cool, cool. um and you know it runs at lower frame rate and stuff but it's still a very good version um uh, but yeah i was able to bounce between pc and steam deck which was a really nice way to play it um and yeah i i highly recommend this series uh, generally to fans of the genre but also you know if you're just interested in good murder mysteries and fun characters and stuff yeah it's it's really good stuff so ai the somnium files check it out Uh, that is going to be us though for this segment don't go anywhere we'll be back after the break with some of your listener emails see you in a bit
1: The second segment of today's show it is time for your emails. Um, we've been putting out like a it's kind of general level neutral kind of tone on asking for more emails recently, mm-hmm. and it's been working like they, they yeah. keep coming, and we appreciate that. Um, but if you would like to send an email into the show, please email thisnintendolife at com. That is thisnintendolife at gmail.com. We also have a channel over on our Discord server. Uh, join the community it's great fun you can absolutely can talk, talk about, about anime the bullshit anime. with
0: me yeah <laughs> yes. let's do it it's great um, and
1: i will try and engage with discord more because it is hard with bally uh, the
0: day that you post in the anime bullshit channel will be a precious day <laughs> yes. indeed yeah that
1: that is my aim i need yeah. to i need to work on my anime bullshit. Uh-huh. We'll, we'll get there we'll get yeah there. we'll get there Our first email is from Mike C, who says, Hi Bally and MBZ, in your recent discussions on playing Bayonetta 2, MBZ mentioned that you just set it to easy mode and enjoyed the spectacle. Personally, I never stray from normal modes, possibly for fear that easier modes will cut out parts of the game. How much of the enjoyment of a game comes from the challenge? Are there games which you love because they just hit that difficulty sweet spot? Uh, Which games get it wrong? How do you rate Nintendo in pitching their game difficulty? Uh, do they deserve their reputation for making games that are too easy? Keep up the good work, Mike C. And Mike C. says, "P.S. No Patreon-related promises this time.
0: I'm not made of money." <laughs> well, thanks, Mike. I appreciate your, uh, you know, uh, support uh, previously, regardless. So, um, yes, yeah, thank you very um, much. A very interesting question especially for this episode and given kind of how much we've talked about it but also with bayonetta 3 coming out and you know um the idea that like normal modes uh, or easy modes cutting parts of the game out like that was the impetus for me going to normal was i wanted those medals and i didn't get them if i was playing on it easy and you know i think that's definitely a valid thing i think one of my least favorite easy modes is cuphead where You literally aren't able to fight the final boss if you play on easy mode like it it gives you like a baby medal basically of like oh played it on easy okay cool well you can't actually progress now you actually have to beat the things on normal in order to get through these like last parts and i'm like why why like gatekeep like that i really don't understand why you do that because i think you know for most people especially these days with such a broad audience that games have so many different types of people playing games people playing them for different reasons and you know mm. i'm sure people play cuphead for the music and the visuals and not for the challenge and some people really do want to do that um, yeah. and it's not what i play it for i play it for the challenge mostly but you know there are people out there who want to approach from a different perspective well, about- and they might want to see the final boss fight and the spectacle of it and all that stuff but they're not able to because this easy mode just kind of like constrains them almost
1: well all the kids who just started watching the netflix show and they think cuphead that's, that's yeah i love this character let's play his game and they're like what the hell is this game yeah beating exactly me, beating me to a pulp
0: um, yeah um so yeah that's that's one that kind of stands out to me as as one that i wish that they had found a better way around that because you know i i just don't like the idea of easy modes taking something away from the player or like just not giving them like i played oh what was the game it was uh pa- panzer paladin that was the game that i played where I couldn't get to the second half of the game because I had played it all on easy, and you have to beat it on normal in order to get past the like. It's like God. Mega Man where you play like different stages, right? And then in order to get to like the Wily's Castle equivalent, you have to have beaten them all on normal. I was like well, no, this game's frustrating on normal with limited lives and, like, the the uh, respawning and stuff is is harder and you take more damage and it's just a frustrating, old-school, kind of hardcore experience. But they're like, no, you have to beat it on that if you want to play the rest of the game. I'm like, I would like to experience the rest of this game, but I'm not going to go through and do that and put myself through the hassle of mm. it just to do it. It's just... I, I don't like that practice at all and i think it should be banned frankly from video games um it's, it's not good
1: actually with mike i am a stickler for sticking to normal difficulty normally um the reason i didn't with bayonetta 2 and that was a real exception for me was that the game specifically said normal difficulty was for those who had played character action games before yeah and on top of the fact that i wasn't I wasn't engaged in the world and the characters, as I explained. And I, just, I just wasn't having the best time with that game. So I was up for the, the MEZ style, turn down difficulty, mm-hmm. breeze through, have a, have a joyful time. Um, any other game, I'm a huge stickler for normal because I like... I generally like the challenge. I, I think my skill levels as a gamer are fairly average, fairly quote-unquote normal. Right, And I think that when video game developers design games my skill base often matches well with normal to a degree where I'm like, right, I really like this challenge. And I like to play games in the way that, yes, I as much as I agree with you, MZ, and I want games to be more accessible to everyone, there is still ultimately a way in which a developer will des- design a, a game spec- in a way that they want you to play it more often than not. And mm-hmm. I, I like to play on that difficulty just from my own sense of, Challenge and satisfaction, and I think the Uncharted is is a good example where I play on normal, you play on easy, and I like, I personally like that challenge of Uncharted. And I played, I played all invested. the Uncharted
0: games on normal. I think it was oh. just lost. It was Lost Legacy. I didn't play it on oh, easy. I basically. You. I place. Uh, I turned on the auto uh, aim mode where it just oh, like right. locks onto enemies I mean, yeah. just to kill them. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I play all the Uncharted on normal as well. I think they're they're fine to play on normal and most of Naughty Dog games. Most most of those kind of like broad appeal Sony games. I play them on all because I know there's such a wide audience they're targeting that like they're never going to be that hard, right? Like when you have non gamers playing those games, those people need to be able to get through them, and so normal is usually balanced. I think with those types yeah. of people in mind, um, which is why i'm always fine playing on those it's just like with uncharted i played f- four uncharted games i'm like yeah this combat's fine whatever i'm just gonna i basically just turned on the accessibility stuff which is like uh you know the aiming is kind of done for you i'm like great this is fun i'll just like shoot people and they'll automatically do it. i don't have to worry about aiming basically um just to kind of breeze through it basically mm. um, I, w- so. I will
1: say my difficulty sweet spot um i would say a Games that have challenges that feel insurmountable, but then you end up still overcoming the challenge. Yes. So I think Hades, Dead Cells, mm. Cuphead. Um, I'd even throw tougher games that had tough normal modes. I'd throw like Cana Bridge of Spirits into that. Right, like, yeah, totally. Like, all these games to me had bosses or challenging moments that i was like i'm never going to beat this in my life and i literally can't i just cannot do this and then (laughs) i i I persevere i get better and i beat it and like that is in my opinion and everyone's range of difficulty varies obviously but that in my opinion opinion is like a sign of a good a good level difficulty where it feels insurmountable but then you can overcome it
0: it was very funny uh because caroline took videos of you when you were playing boss fights oh, in cana and you send some of those to me and they are fucking hilarious <laughs> you just like going through so many emotions oh, and god. like just like that the concentration. game looks
1: like it's just the most family oriented whatever like that game is way tougher than god of war 2018 let me tell you like, yeah it is, it is so much tougher even if it looks less gritty um, but again, like God of War twenty eighteen. I think the Valkyries are a good example where they oh, yeah, feel totally. insurmountable, but I defeated. I think I defeated like four out of four mm. of them or so. But yes, really good stuff
0: yeah totally and yeah i guess how much enjoyment comes from the challenge of a game it varies right like i i think it's very genre dependent and it depends Massively. on who you are so like with us as we just talked about in the first segment with mario plus rabbits we tend towards harder tactical experiences generally and so you know me anyway i i love like when fire emblem conquest came out and it took me five hours to beat one of those chapters i was loving it i was like yes punish me absolutely (laughs) like give me me. the hardest core stuff possible i will replay this map dozens of times just to get that perfect run where i have figured out the tactics like immensely like that was catnip for me whereas if it was a game like i don't know um what do i not like challenge it's like first person shooters right certain first person shooters like wolfenstein for example i played the wolfenstein games on easy because it's really frustrating for me to like go through this really big firefight and then die right at the end and be like oh i have to do that firefight again you know like for some reason in my brain i really don't like the repetition on that in games versus something like tactics where like it took way longer to do that map and fire emblem than it would have taken to do like a 10 second room in wolfenstein but for whatever reason my brain is like nope this is this is frustrating and and kind of ruins me and i'd rather play this on easy and have the power fantasy versus you know what's going on there so challenge for me is so genre dependent and it's so person to person dependent that it's hard to have a kind of every size fits all rule you know when it comes to that um and we're, we're both we both kind of like go in different directions like with racing games for example i'm sure you with forza you just kept putting the difficulty up to like you know push on the boundaries of you know the the challenge of those races yeah i mean
1: forza is a really good example where you win a lot of races it'll put it up it'll ask you if you want to put it up if you lose a lot of races it'll ask you if you want to turn it down and i will mm-hmm. kind of i always follow i always followed its lead on kind of oh, okay. like wh- where where are we going what are we doing next um, it, it yeah. kind of that balance messes up a bit when you start switching between modes of racing between like dirt racing or cross country or road racing. Cause I did find the difficulties messed up a bit, but generally I'd follow along. And that's quite, I quite like that where it's like, maybe it's a little bit patronizing. If you've just uh, think, is it what is it Mario 3d land? You die a few times and then it's like, would you like the invincible raccoon? Out? <laughs> yeah. out? It's like, no, I just want to be the yeah, level. Um, totally. It's a bit like that, but I I, I quite like it with Forza. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. Um, are there any games that you love because they hit that difficulty sweet spot? Um, that like perfect balance of like that was perfectly challenging. And I felt so satisfying for kind of having having. Yeah,
1: it. I mean, all those examples I gave. I'd also throw in Celeste and stuff. Yeah, Celeste you know? for sure. Like yeah. it's like I said, it's that feels insurmountable, but then you defeat it. It's kind of like that's my sweet spot um, for sure. Mm-hmm. Are Nintendo games too easy?
0: See, this is a really interesting question because I think Nintendo have some of the most perfectly designed games out there, and part of that is that like that almost lack of friction when it comes to certain elements, right? Like, Mario Odyssey is not a hard video game at all. Like, it, it's it's very breezy and chal- not not challenging, but it's 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 just a smooth experience. And I think part of that is the lack of challenge in a way. Like, part of the thing that I like about Mario games is that they can be very conquerable but then they do they do have those harder moments right you have the hard challenges at the end that you can really bash yourself Again, i mean we spent fucking three four hours trying to do that last mario galaxy 2 level that one time right yeah and we didn't
1: i'll say that the last level equivalent in odyssey still took me like 45 minutes or something oh yeah it definitely took, it, took a good amount of time but.
0: um and i think that's what nintendo tends to do right when we think about it especially with the mario series is they will have an upfront kind of level of difficulty that is like anyone can get through this a kid can get through this right and there's not really a lot of friction there but it's so joyful and so smooth and easy and like it just has a the charm of it and the kind of like the aesthetic and all that stuff just brings it up to such a level that you don't really mind that you're kind of like breezing through it um but then they kind of save the other harder stuff for later so 3d land is a perfect example where playing through the game once you're like oh cool finished it and they're like uh uh-uh here's a second world where it's actually this is where the challenge starts basically yeah um and yeah that feels like that's how nintendo tends to approach their difficulty but you know it, it has changed over the years and i think breath of the wild is an interesting example of where they almost have a a much harder kind of start and yeah, then you kind of like sure. ramp up and get much more powerful as you go throughout the game um gets a lot easier later in the game of breath of the wild which is why stuff like you know the island i can't remember the name of the island where they take all the stuff away is uh is a nice like mid-game challenge of like oh now i have to kind of go back to the beginning again almost struggle survival style to kind of get back to where i were um so yeah i i overall think nintendo don't have super challenging games but i think that's kind of by design and but they still have challenge hidden in there for the people who want to seek it out you know
1: yeah for sure i i don't actually think as a whole nintendo games are much easier at all than other mainstream non-tendo games perhaps okay i think there are obviously exceptions in the non-tendo category but like games like metroid prime the zelda games mario yeah
0: i mean metroid dread from last year right loads of people were having trouble with dread like i i was fine because i played a lot of metroid games but so many people i was listening to on the internet were like oh my god these boss fights i can't fight them and then yeah like they they really did and then they actually had to patch in difficulties later for metroid uh, dread to help people i
1: also think nintendo designed their games in a way where they really respect you as a gamer if you've played other games in the series and like i think anyone who'd beaten uh, samus returns in 2017 I don't think had as much of an issue with Dread, including no. us. Like, as much as we thought Dread was challenging, I think yeah. that 2017 was harder for me. Yeah, totally. Yeah.
0: I, honestly, um, I think Dread hit a different... The email talks about I think Dread was a difficulty sweet spot. Like, I really yeah. relished the difficulty in Dread. Yeah, totally. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. So, yeah.
1: Um, And likewise, with a game like Breath of the Wild, I think as much as that game's different to other Zelda games, I think it gives a lot of respect to people who have played Zelda and understand a lot of the the logistics of, like, kind of... How do I explain it? Like,
0: They're almost like a language of Zelda, There's right? a language
1: of Zelda, yeah. especially with puzzles. Less so with combat, arguably, with Breath of the Wild, but especially mm-hmm. with puzzles and the way those shrines are designed. If you've played Zelda games before, as much as these, this game loads on loads of new mechanics, I think it's got a real respect for, like, no, you know how Zelda logic works. This is, how, yeah. this is what we're doing. And likewise, with Mario Odyssey, like... If you've played Mario Sunshine and the Galaxy games and 64, like you you have a, th- a fundamental basis for 3D platforming and easily beating the vast majority of those levels. And mm-hmm. I think that Nintendo really know who their audience are. But likewise, all those games I've explained, maybe aside from Metroid Dread... Um, they have mechanics and tutorials and what what you need in them if it is your first ever mario game or your first ever zelda game to like actually learn how these things work and get good at them um i think nintendo are probably better at a slow tutorial than most games and i love a slow tutorial
0: yeah definitely um they, they do a really good job with it and um i think uh so for for examples of games that get it wrong i think this is where bally says the whole jrpg genre right like because, Square we make yeah because we we talked a lot about action games i guess and turn-based games are a whole different kind of ball game when it comes to like challenge and how you balance that challenge and how you kind of make sure that players aren't over leveled or under or perfect level like xenoblade 3 is a great example where i saw a lot of people on the internet be like man, I just I destroyed everything in this game because I was so 'cause I did all the side stuff and so I was super over leveled because the bonus experience um system in that game just makes it so easy for you to just get xp and just really uh overpower yourself and you know some people like that some people like the experience of just being super powerful and that's why they play jrpgs is because they want to just numbers themselves up over everything else but um but then the game has to kind of account for that and i don't think a lot of those games do a great job of accounting for uh players like that or like trying to find the right balance and it's hard right because when you have a game that offers the opportunity to quote unquote grind then How do you balance that difficulty to make it a smooth experience for everybody? Yeah, Um,
1: I I mean, I think two JRPGs I really liked that I think do this well are Chrono Trigger, mm -hmm. uh, but also Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yes. I feel like with both of those games, I did some side stuff, but not all side stuff. And I felt challenged with later game bosses, but not to the point where I'm like, crap, I'm underleveled. I Mm -hmm. need to go and do a bunch of side quests and come back and yes. i never felt that with either of those games and both of them obviously have fantastic stories but mm-hmm. i think level up wise and difficulty there they are my jrpg sweet spot for sure
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense i think the similarity there is that both of them have overworld enemies so they don't have random encounters right and there's like a limited number of those in a sense so the game is almost built around the fact that through the main story you will fight this number of enemies because they are in your way and you almost have to run into them in order to do the encounter so yeah like you don't really overlevel in chrono trigger because it's just kind of not built to do that and likewise seven remake doesn't encourage like you can backtrack and there are side quests that i did i did a lot of side stuff in that game um but side stuff doesn't actually give you that much xp and it's it's more about the stories and stuff like that and maybe the items that you get so yeah it's it's definitely i think both of those games have a uh you know a, a good balance of of what you want out of an rpg which is just a bit more not guided experience necessarily but like the game knows the, where you're going to be and so it kind of matches where you are at that point in time um, and i think a lot of games could learn from that definitely because i don't know maybe is grinding something that kind of can go out of fashion almost like it still seems to exist in a lot of games but um yeah there are definitely games that have found their way around it and i think that that's good because uh, not everybody wants to do that you know yeah. there's, certain, there's, there's a therapy to grinding uh, in some games but you know sometimes you just you don't want to bang your head against a wall too much um, no. and it can get very frustrating so yeah i think um yeah uh generally i would say that i like challenge in games but i don't think it's the be all and end all and again it just kind of varies for me like what type of game am i playing? Yeah. right and challenge and is
1: one play. reason of many reasons we enjoy games and it just totally depends on the game the genre Mm -hmm. like you know what you're enjoying about that game
0: yeah right like ai the somnium files there's no challenge in that game at all it's all narrative and it's it's all about um kind of just absorbing yourself in a world and and a story um and yeah it's it's totally different it's it's not the same experience so yeah. yeah
1: But good question, Mike C. Thank you very much for that one. Our next question is from Tim, who says, Hey, guys, my question for the show is, are there any games that you've wanted to play for a long time and honestly believe that due to one thing or another, you probably never will? There have been two games on the list, list for me for a long time, Shadow of the Colossus and Persona 5. Uh, because, he says because they were xbox exclusives i'm a bit confused about that.
0: Oh, i think probably he means yeah playstation exclusives there yeah
1: right playstation exclusives uh now i'm finally getting to uh play p5 but shadow i probably never will bally might relate to this having a baby recently has expanded my list because i don't think i'll ever find time to touch the long games that are sitting five plus spots down the backlog games like dragon quest 11 dragon age origins skyrim Rōpa assassin's creed odyssey what are your want to play but probably never will games thanks as always for a great show tim
0: oh this is a hard one for me because i'm like i can conquer everything (laughs) (laughs) you you have have an
1: ability to conquer absolutely everything it is very impressive
0: yeah i mean i say that but there are still so many goddamn video games um that is really hard um i mean like i think from a practical perspective one that i have always wanted to play that i don't know i ever will because first of all it's not available in this country <laughs> um is it's is done. drag is dragon quest 10 which is the mmo dragon quest um yeah, right, okay there are fan translations out there and stuff like that but
1: yeah it's interesting they never wanted to release that in the west
0: yeah um it's so they actually they just recently announced an offline version of it it's dragon quest 10 offline and people were thinking oh perfect this is the time you can localize it nope still just japan only um so i think i tweeted uh you know a couple of weeks ago like looking forward to 2035 when on my steam deck 3 i can play a fan translated patch (laughs) of an emulated version of dragon quest 10 offline um that's probably the time that i'll get to play it but like I I would have said Final Fantasy XIV, but now I'm playing Final Fantasy XIV, so I'm I'm kind of doing that journey. Um, Yeah, I, I think there's lots of games that I have an interest in, but I don't know that my interest goes far enough to me to kind of actually pull the trigger like i bought divinity original sin 2 which by all accounts is one of the highest rated games of all time like it's a crpg that is like super well regarded and i've had it installed on steam for about three years and it's in my category that i call currently playing which is a lie um and i have a lot of (laughs) games in there that are lies but they're mainly in there to remind me that they exist and i should play them one day um same with control control is another one that's in there that like i have played parts of but i i'm afraid because i'm scared uh, to go back to it um like divinity is one of those that i like i know it will require all of my patience and all of my concentration and learning because it's an on-ramp for a genre i don't have much familiarity with and it's just intimidating and i think those intimidating games it's not just the length length is one factor but there's also another layer which is just learning the language like you were talking about with zelda and mario you know language the language of those games right when you've played previous ones if you haven't played pc-based crpgs before you don't know the language of those games so it is like learning that as well as committing to this very big complex thing um and i don't i don't know that i am going to get to it anytime soon i would love to eventually but like maybe by the time i want to get to it another new divinity game has come out or baldur's gate 3 has come out one that's more modern one that has you know even better you know on-ramp for people new to the genre um, and i would uh, you know extend that to stuff like civilization or like sim city like these big PC ass like 4x strategy games where i'm like people fucking love these things they are some of the highest rated games out there they have like really widespread appeal for a lot of people but something about it is just like the total war series i think i downloaded one of the total war rome games and started to play it and i was like i I need to get out of here i don't know this is just scaring me i can't do this um so stuff like that for me has always been very intimidating and it's on my list of like, look, people love these games. It's on a backlog. One day, like I bought, I think I bought Civ Five, six or seven years ago on a Steam sale and I still have not booted it up. Like I think, I think that says all you need to know about the kind of intimidation factor when it comes to some of those games. So for me, it will usually lean on the PC side and it will lean on PC games that I've always had an interest in, but I'm just, I'm just a little bit scared and intimidated to get into them. and And maybe it's just the case of, and if you go on YouTube and watch videos and kind of just... It, the problem is committing. And I think for me, I play so many games and I'm just going at a clip constantly that I'm always in the middle of something else that I'm like, I never really have the space where I'm not playing anything else, where my, all my brain space wants to be dedicated to this yeah. new thing. And we,
1: ha- we have to go at a clip in order to talk about interesting new stuff on the yes. podcast. You know, yeah, like it's part like of it. making
0: a good podcast, I think. A lot yeah. of people are like, well, you know, you could talk about things, but, you know, audiences are very different. You, you, individual person who's listening to this podcast right now, think about the types of games you like right sometimes a game will be brought up on a show and you'll be like oh i'm checking out of that game because i don't have an interest in it and if that person for the next 10 episodes talks about just that game yeah. you're going to be checked out of that show right so you have to yeah. keep things flowing and being different on a show like this just so you know the audience is engaged uh with the the different types of games right because otherwise you're going to kind of get into a rut almost um so yeah it's it you know i, I don't begrudge it i th- i i personally fr- from a perspective if i was not doing this show i probably would be playing as as many games as i am right now but just maybe i would be focusing a bit more you know maybe i would have finished final fantasy 14 right now because i just would have focused on it um, and kind of done it all as opposed to you know stringing it along over a longer period of time um, yeah, yeah but yeah what about you bally it's i Oof. guess ha- having a kid has probably changed your perspective a lot on like just long games generally and committing to things it
1: has and since doing this show i've tried to get better at like not playing multiple long games at once like that's something i've been trying to do so at the moment my the game in my long game slot at the moment is elden ring but like i've barely been able to like get back i think i was like done 20 hours and that was a long time ago. i think
0: you the last time you played it was when i was there which is like over a month and a half ago maybe two ages ago yeah Yeah,
1: exactly and so have i beaten a long game this year yes i beat horizon forbidden west in about 76 hours um how did i do it partly because i was on podcast paternity leave it meant that while i was still I was actually able, because Mally Jr. was sleeping a ton then, I was actually able to game a lot. And because I wasn't gaming, like, I've got to talk about something at least vaguely Nintendo related for the show, like, I definitely had a lot more time and space to play Something non-tender that was that long.
0: You just played games like normal people do. <laughs> like play <laughs> yeah.
1: play games like normal people do. Exactly. Yeah. So and because I was always good, I didn't that, the, before Elden Ring reviews and everything came out. I was always going to get Forbidden West day one. Like that was my game. That was the game I picked. And it wasn't until after that game came out that Elden Ring then came out, and all the reviews were great. And I was like, well, I got to like, try and get to this game later in the year. So I ended up doing that in summer barely been able to touch it since and that's because there's been a lot of great games come along and i've been wanting to play those games and again that game is quite hard to pick up and play like it's quite intimidating the it's it's hard it's mechanically hard it's thematically challenging because it's dark and creepy Mm -hmm. and weird and i only ever play it night time and um all these things combined overwatch 2 just came out i really Uh i'm really enjoying and wanted always wanted to play a lot of overwatch 2 splatoon 3 was before that like these game games that i just want to i can check in with alongside another game i think i realistically can never play more than two games at once um and at the moment my two games are marion rabbits and overwatch 2 and like i won't touch Elden ring probably until after god of war ragnarok and that's that's a long game in and of itself so my point is that like i can only ever play one long game at a time and if i'm honest to myself i really need to dedicate time to that game in order to break the back of it and actually beat it um Mm -hmm. and i will have to do that with elden ring other this start end of this year start next year maybe the middle of next year who knows but i do want to get around to breaking the back of that game and that will definitely mean that I need to sacrifice Overwatch 2 time there's just no way yeah, around that because exactly. I will need to still keep something uh going that I, I'm interested to talk about on the show so
0: might even be a good idea because I think that we are quite not buzz driven necessarily but i do like playing stuff when the industry is talking about it so i'm pretty sure there will be elden ring dlc that happens next year um, at some point and so oh
1: totally yeah and the buzz right now is all that overwatch 2 and there's a new yeah. character coming out and i'm in the battle pass so yeah totally but i mean as my aim is to beat god of war in november and then spend december playing elden ring and maybe play some smaller nintendo stuff on the side to talk yeah. about but that would be a nice... Because I do think Elden Ring will come up big in the Elden Ring versus God of War battle end of the year yes. discussions, December kind of thing. And I, know I I want to be a part of that discussion. So I want to play as much Elden Ring as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but games like Elden Ring that are very long, open world, drawn, all these PC games you mentioned are kind of like out of my wheelhouse. Um,
0: oh yeah, so far beyond your reach there. Yeah, if yeah, the games like thinking.
1: Skyrim, Assassin's Creed, Valhalla, like I own both these games and never going to get to them probably. Yeah. Uh, Witcher 3 is meant to come out this year on PS5 which is just mad like I'll probably try and get to that next year uh that's a, Witcher 3 is a priority above those other two for sure um and then like I was saying in just earlier this segment like the Phoenix Wright games they're long but I really want to get back to some of them because they're they're good fun and they have mm-hmm. the advantage where they are actually on Nintendo systems and yeah. I can talk about them on the show so I think it's just trying to balance up all these things and it's tough I'm very lucky with Bally Junior he is a very good sleeper fingers crossed at the moment i require a hell of a lot less sleep than caroline does so she i can i get by fine on like between 7 and 8 hours sleep caroline like needs 9 hours um wow. so i can stay up late with bally junior and then i'll go to bed maybe eleven thirty, midnight, half midnight, and then I wake up for work at like quarter past eight, eight thirty, boom. So I'm I'm still getting in like my seven to eight hours sleep fine. On top of the fact that Caroline's going to bed at like nine thirty. So I've then got between nine thirty and midnight to look after Bally Jr. in case he wakes up. But also just play some games you know and like so i am i'm finding at the moment like i'm getting a lot of gaming time in consistently it's, it's always that slot i'm never gaming much throughout the rest of the day but um it's working so far and like judging by the number of games i've played this year it's definitely a lot higher than i'd expected with
0: oh yeah Bally
1: junior along the way so
0: yeah, yeah for
1: sure i'm pretty pretty happy with it um but regardless of Bally junior it's hard to fit in long games like it's not it's not exactly defined as a baby issue
0: are are there any that you know like i'm just never ever gonna play this game even those ones that you mentioned like assassin's creed valhalla is that one you think like i'm just never gonna play that game ever
1: i think by the time i get around because we bought that because caroline's very into open world games and i was like well you should get this open world games on ps5 you'll love it and she was like yeah and she played like 20 hours and has dropped off it and she's her gaming has dropped off massively with ballet junior maternity leave and stuff but um I think Assassin's Creed Valhalla is a good example where by the time I get around to playing it, there'll be another Assassin's Creed I'd probably rather play. Oh, yeah, <laughs> or exactly. Or yeah. Um, some other open world, you know, like, you got to be careful, though. I've, I personally have to be careful with open world games. I think it's easy to burn out on them. And yeah. I've already played Horizon Forbidden West this year, and I do intend on playing Elden Ring. If I played, say, Witcher 3 just before playing the rest of elden ring i think that would be a mistake you know like mm-hmm. and likewise i'd like to get back to elden ring have a little gap and then play witcher 3 you know like, i don't think it's it's a sort of the sort of genre that i do love but i need to be careful not to to over egg it
0: yeah for sure um but yeah uh, as much as i say like i uh here's the thing Bali. eventually we'll be retired you know eventually <laughs> eventually we'll just have all the time in the world
1: bally jr will get older and exactly. i will have more and more time
0: you know, yeah like totally like it might take a few decades but we'll get there <laughs> we'll be old in a retirement home and then bally you will play all the anime games okay i will make you we'll be playing mario party all day <laughs> exactly yeah that's all we'll do mario party 56 we're going to be on and that's all we'll be playing yeah. um yeah no i uh i <laughs> i do have this thing of like you know, one day when I'm retired, that YouTube Watch Later playlist, it's going down, <laughs> son. It's going down.
1: Uh, I guarantee the Watch Later list will be evaporated before uh-huh. you retire. I, yeah, I,
0: I hope not, but, uh, you know, who can say? Who can say? Um, anyway, yes. Uh, thank you very much, Tim, for the email. Uh, it was a good one. Um, and, yeah. I I will still strive to play every video game despite me knowing that I can't.
1: Generally speaking, honestly, I think we do better than plenty of other like full-time video game journalists out there. Genuinely, like I think we're doing absolutely fine. Especially you, MBZ. You are just hitting out of the park with the number of games you play. And um, yeah, considering this is like our job on the side, Uh I think like... I think there are few people playing as many games as we're playing as a Joe on the side, especially yeah, exactly. those who podcast about it on top of that, because that, remember, takes even more time, mm-hmm. yeah. as it were. So, yeah, exactly. we, we squeeze yeah. a lot in. For sure. um, our next email is from Steele, who says Hi, do you think the possibility of a Switch Pro is completely impossible after the success of the OLED model? From Steele. Yeah. Um, Where are man. we at with the Switch Pro? What is going on? What is happening?
0: Look if nothing happens next year we're not getting a new system until nintendo put out a sequel to the switch right until they put out a second switch um i think that's kind of where i'm at with it at this point in time is like the the perfect moment probably would have been this year i would say or last year right last year or this year i think
1: the launch of the oled would have been the perfect yes moment. yeah it would have been and i and strongly the- believe rumors that it was going to be a pro and then they had to mm-hmm. reduce its power due to a shortage of parts
0: yeah totally so with that opportunity lost like is it just a shorter life cycle now here's the thing switch still selling bonkers still over 100 million units right and you know on on course to maybe get close to the success of ps2 and ds which is looking probably impossible because those systems are in a stratosphere of their own right in terms of 150 million units sold but, you know, Switch could maybe get there. Is that something Nintendo cares about? Like, do they care about being the best-selling system of all time with the Switch? Um, I don't think the, so. Yeah, probably not. But if so, then, like, it would behoove them to just keep this thing going for another couple of years. Now, can we can we stand that? Can we make that happen? You know, I'm already talking to developers uh, who are like, yeah, this game's not going to run on Switch and, like, it probably would be very hard unless we have a new system come around the the corner so even indie developers at this point who are kind of pushing graphical boundaries are like now like doing a switch version i don't know if it makes sense at the moment and like if we're looking at a game for 2024 that probably doesn't make sense either because nintendo will probably have something new by 2024 probably um the what's the usual console life cycle i would say these days seven years maybe right is probably what we're looking at and we're in year five of the switch going into year six right so in march yeah. of next year when uh, tears of the kingdom comes out we will be in year six of the switch which to me is like the death knell to me it's like okay we should be announcing a new piece of hardware to come out the following year to do a seven-year life cycle right um so the question is is there time for them to turn something around like before then um and even just longer, like turn this into a Game Boy situation, because obviously the Game Boy very unique situation for Nintendo. Obviously, very early in their kind of like hardware career, but Game Boy went until like the late nineties, and then they were like, okay, let's do another version of it that's the same but just has color and isn't actually a hardware expansion, isn't like a an increase in power, but it's like, oh, we can just keep this this line going. And Switch Pro, I think, has to be an increase in power. I just don't think there's any way to you know do another switch that's like like the oled just like looks different but isn't actually changed power wise i just don't think that's possible the question is is that viable does that make sense when they're so close to potentially doing a brand new system anyway or is switch pro or switch Two the same thing in our in, in nintendo's mind where it's actually just the switch was always going to be an iterative console and this is just the next step of it like exactly and, same
1: form factor they just yes.
0: upped the power yeah exactly is it just like it's still Nintendo, an and they still count it as part of the Switch family of systems, if you know what I mean, right? Like, yeah. How, and how long does that go for? Is that another six years of that system before you get another iteration? I think
1: there's a strong possibility that the next Switch is like a Game Boy Color. And what I mean by that is, Switch 2 games do not work on Switch 1, but Switch 1 games do work on Switch 2. Mm. Um, yeah. And I think that console could come out end of 2024, kind of time. Yeah. And I don't I wouldn't count that as a Switch Pro. I think that counts. Yeah, that as would switch be a full two. on yeah. that'd be a full blown. I think definitely. we've missed I think we've missed the bones on Switch Pro, honestly. Yeah, you think I, it's done? I think to try and get something out either this year or next year, let that console itself have breathing space and then do the next switch in say, I don't know, twenty, twenty four, twenty five I think it's just too long. I do think Tears of the Kingdom is gonna be like i reckon there's people that they're developing that game right now just hitting their heads against the wall saying god we just need a bit more oomph you know i I don't know Mm -hmm. like just like the idea that metroid prime 4 is gonna come out on switch is starting to be a little hard to believe and that metroid prime 4 might in reality become breath of the wild 1 where it becomes the the dual it's released across both this current switch and the next switch at the same time, and or something. I don't know. It just feels like time is running out. And yes, it's selling well, uh, but the brick wall of oh god, no one wants to develop for us anymore might come quite suddenly, even if mm-hmm. it's quite gradual at the moment. There might be yeah. a, a time end of this, no, end of, this, end of next year, let's say, or a year after that, where all of a sudden the third party support goes from dwindling to plummeting and Nintendo are like, God, it's really in our interest to have something a bit more oomph with a bit more oomph right now. Yeah. Um, So I think the switch pro is dead. I think the OLED model was a smart decision and I think, yeah, I think we've got, what is it now? It's 2022. Mm -hmm. So I think then we will have a new switch like a switch let's call it the switch color
0: sure (laughs) Um, The
1: switch color is going to come out i reckon like summer 2024
0: okay and that's
1: probably earlier in terms than nintendo would have wanted in terms of shareholders and finances but i think they will be under they will equally be under shareholder pressure with third parties pulling out by that point that they will be like we can't keep this up i don't know
0: totally i'm really interested to see what the performance is like of tears of the kingdom on switch right because Fascinated, yeah. you know we're, we're seeing every time a new switch game comes out even if it is made for the hardware like bayonetta 3 is from a third party which usually stuff like astral chain which platinum has worked on in the past flawless like astral chain is like one of the best games on switch yeah. visually and you know performance wise and everything and bayonetta 3 You know, still holding up, still a great, great game. Um, I
1: look at like Sifu and It Takes Two on Switch. Like, people are laughing at just the trailers for those games. Like, they just look ridiculous. And I've not played them. I don't intend on playing them on Switch. But, like, when does that stop going from laughing at to we're just not going to make it for the Switch anymore, you know? And Mm -hmm. that could happen as soon as next year.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, And I think it's just going to be interesting to take a look at, like, what sales are like for those games on switch are do the audience care right like is stuff like it takes two just gonna be in the top charts anyway just because it's a well-known game and people wanted to play it on switch and it's a more casual audience on switch Um, i think
1: it's a really good test because you know it's maybe aside from some strange story themes it's fairly family themed it's also of, a platformer which is also perfect a platformer, for a nintendo platformer. Audience. yeah it's also like got ton of game of the year awards from last year so like if that game can't do well on switch i think nintendo really do need to um be a bit concerned
0: yeah totally um and yeah you know i would love to play xenoblade 3 at 60 fps on higher uh, end hardware same with bayonetta obviously bayonetta runs at 60 but i'd love it to have higher resolution and more interesting like skill up in his video of bayonetta 3 just talking about how platinum like really pushed the switch to its limit but you can see in the environment design that it's very just bland like just boring cities and just like not very interesting spaces um because they just had to put all of their power into making sure the characters look good and the frame rate ran well and the combat was smooth and that kind of came at the sacrifice of you know everything else is a spectacle and yet all of the environments are just like oh this is kind of boring you know like there's nothing yeah. popping out from that perspective and i think you could have you could have had you know on better hardware a bayonetta 3 that knocked it out of the park on that front as well you know yeah, um, yeah. And, and that's just not the case here because they're just constrained they're just held back by very at this point six-year-old mobile hardware that again remember is about the same power level as the previous generation of home consoles right yeah totally. um, so it's it's a it's we need to see some kind of iteration from them and i don't i just i struggle to see it happening very soon with a switch pro just because nintendo they're stubborn like that and they're like look we're still selling units people aren't complaining that much but i think something this is, happened before where they've like kind of lagged behind a bit too long and just waited a bit too long and they've suffered for it yeah right?
1: when um, in so, your opinion does the switch color come out
0: um <laughs> i would I th- was say, I say summer 24 yeah i think you said summer 24 i would say like spring 24 i would say slightly oh, earlier earlier. okay yeah. let's do it let's do yeah. it summer's an unusual
1: nice. time to launch console spring's a lot more yeah lot more
0: you know they they launched switch in spring in march basically is when it came out right so i, I could yeah. see march again uh, in 2024 um, um that makes sense the
1: important question do you prefer the name switch color or switch advance
0: Oh, Switch Advance! And let's just me? get rid of
1: this word "new." Just banish it from the earth. I hate Ali, the word "new." ever you know, never again.
0: You know, they're just going to call it the New Nintendo Switch. No, you know, it's no, going
1: to happen. No. Switch Advance is so much nicer than. Yeah, and you know what the Switch Advance, Advance could launch with? A host of Game Boy Advance games already on the yeah, already yeah. on the Switch online there we go yeah
0: maybe it could launch with a little game called advanced wars that's still oh not out for some God. fucking reason <laughs> jesus it gets Very delayed fair. till spring 2024 uh-huh oh the uh-huh. pain the pain yeah no it's a launch battle it's a launch title for the next system is there we go it now
1: that's that's a nice that'd be a nice um uh rejuvenation of that, uh-huh. that series make yeah. it make it the launch game exactly yeah totally. that's what that series needs
0: yeah it really does um anyway uh cool I think uh, I think that's probably uh, good for that question. So thank you, Steele, for for writing in. And um, yeah, I think that's that's everything for this week, Bally. It
1: is it is. As I said at the top of the segment, please send your emails to this nintendolife at gmail That's this life at gmail And as we also said, there's a channel on our Discord server. It's called emails. It's a very mm-hmm. good little channel. If you want to post a comment, a question,
0: uh, we'll read it out. Absolutely. Uh, and that my fine friends is going to bring us to the end of this here episode um yeah uh we have got a lot of things happening probably near the end of the year um as i mentioned at the top hey, if you want to p- buy the video game that i was working on that would be cool uh it's called the entropy center it's out now playstation xbox pc can check it out. There's a demo on Steam as well. If you want to just play the demo and see if it's for you, um, then you can go ahead and do that, and that'd be cool. Uh, I'd very much appreciate it. Uh, it's going very well at the moment. Lots of big people. Uh, Shuhei Yoshida is featuring the game on his Twitter right what? now, which is kind of making me lose my fucking mind. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, people seem to like it a lot. Very good reviews. Uh, we've got a couple of ten out tens in there, which is pretty great. Um, so yeah, um, I would appreciate people checking it out, uh, and that's fun time. Uh, you can obviously. Follow Find us on the internet in various places. You can find me on Twitter at Lord NBZ. Where can they find you, Bally? I'm
1: on Twitter at Ballyman91. That's B A L L Y M A N
0: nine one. I
1: tweeted that I got. I actually got a rank in Overwatch two. Mm-hmm. I actually nice. won enough games as tank as my, my Winston. That's my boy. um i ranked up is that what you Mm
0: -hmm. call it rank i ranked up you you are in bronze three i think which i think bronze three the best probably one of the lowest ranks possible (laughs) but that's probably where i would expect to be as well you've got to play a lot of games and when you
1: when you lose as many games as i do it takes a while Uh to to get there Um, yeah but i did it i did it
0: very nice good stuff uh, you uh, can obviously follow the podcast at TNL Podcast on Twitter, where we do updates about the show, other stuff like that. Um, so yeah, go follow that account for everything show related. Um, I'll give a quick shout. Out. I was also on a, I've I guested on yeah. another podcast this week. I was on uh, On Deck, which is a Steam Deck podcast with Bill, uh, who has been on the show before in the past. Um, really good show. Very much enjoyed that uh, chatting about Steam Deck and my experience with that new console uh, and how it's been going. It's it's a good fun time. So yeah i'll probably leave a link to that in the show notes so you can go check that out if you're so willing um, which is good fun um and uh and yeah you can find uh, obviously this show in various places on the internet we are on spotify we are on stitcher uh you can download us from podcasting apps if you just search for this nintendo life we should come up in your feed you should be able to download us every two weeks we come through with new episodes and if you would like more episodes some bonus content you can head over to patreon.com slash this nintendo life where you can find some extra episodes and stuff by supporting us us on patreon and valley we have some supporters to thank
1: yes thank you to our ten dollar tier patrons they are zach s thomas matthew albert and wicked gamer uk alan thank you all for your ten dollar tier support uh but thank you to all of our patrons it's hugely appreciated the support you give the show and yeah we've got two bonus shows over on patreon that you can listen to both of them for two
0: dollars Mm-hmm absolutely so uh if uh, that sounds good to you then you can go and help us out over there uh and that would be a good time Get a little
1: deep dive on mbz and the entropy center and yeah, you know, behind yeah. the scenes
0: for sure yeah it's good fun um okay uh i think that's everything uh we we like we're lightly thinking about game of the year stuff at the moment i think we'll probably yeah. lay out plans and stuff uh, a bit closer to the time but you know we're a few shows away from getting into december which is always a good fun time i don't think we're going to
1: change anything up too drastically
0: no i don't think so uh probably but we'll be, have uh, a think about it yeah probably our regular stuff uh, and but looking forward to it uh, and it's going to be cool and uh yeah still still a f- couple of games to come out i think major ones uh from a nintendo perspective pokemon's the big one that i'm still looking forward to playing at the end of this month i uh, hope that is good because uh, it looks quite good so far uh, especially with arceus the beginning of this year being so good i uh i'm hoping they've learned some lessons and going to bring that
1: through uh, so two big pokemon games in one year is mad
0: yeah it's crazy isn't it it really is that company never stops so um i think that's coming out on the 18th actually so probably next episode uh, we'll be chatting a bit of pokemon at least i will be playing that and uh we'll have played a little bit of it i'm sure to get some early thoughts on that game so look forward to that next time uh but uh, until then thank you everybody so much for listening we'll be back again in two weeks time with another episode for you on nintendo and podcasting and everything and we'll see you soon bye-bye folks The musical interlude used on today's show was Ghost from Bayonetta 3, copyright Nintendo and Platinum 2022.